Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to episode 12 of Over the Top Sports Radio on this Monday night, August 7th. I am your host, Robbie J.R., along my, alongside my co-host, Vinny the Shark and Big Mike. And, of course, as always, Mac, a.k.a. Goon, doing a stellar job, let me tell you guys. Uh, he's behind the scenes today producing as we come live from North Hickory Street. And uh, we want you guys to get involved with us as well. Hopefully, Goon can make that work. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at Over the Top Sport. Um, that's where we share some breaking news. We give fantasy advice. Uh, we give you some sports betting advice. Um, but we're also on Instagram and Facebook. And please visit our new overhauled website. Uh, they did a great job putting it together. We keep all our bets and fantasy stuff on there. Also, some blogs and Mike's rant. So at Over the Top um, SportsShow.com. Give us a, a look on uh, the internet. We promise you we, uh, you'll like what you see there. But, of course, if you want to talk to us directly, um, and that's the most fun way, right, give us a call tonight. Join us on the air at 646-716-5403. That's 646-716-5403. And uh, when you call and it connects, just hold tight. Mac's going to see it. He'll get you connected in with us, and as soon as we get a chance, uh, we might be in the middle of a segment or a discussion. We'll get to you as soon as we can after that. So hold on. And uh, we'll get to talk to you just a couple minutes after you connect with Mac. Um, and, of course, we have a lot to talk about tonight, fellas. Um, we have Major League Baseball, another big week. The Dodgers doing big things. We're going to get to them in just a second. We're going to continue our NFL preview series. We're going to take a look at the NFC South. Well, of course, we're going to give you some locks of the week, both in fantasy, baseball, and sports betting. And speaking of locks, of course, we have um, Vinny the Shark here, who's going to give you a couple of bets here that hopefully can make you guys a little bit of cash as we go into the middle of August and towards NFL regular season. Mike has his rant, and any questions that you guys have, give us a tweet. We'll answer them on the air. Give us a call, and we'll speak with you directly. Uh, but we start with baseball, and I brought up the Dodgers already. A huge weekend. The rich get richer. We knew they got you, Darvish, last Monday night when we were on the air. This Friday night, he makes his debut against the Mets, and he was awesome shutting down the Mets, and the Dodgers really showed that they can hit and they can pitch this weekend in their sweep of the Mets. And, Mike, you saw it all. L.A. State is smoking hot. They swept the series. What did you see out of the Dodgers? Uh, the Dodgers look awesome, man. They really do. Uh, it's so impressive right now. Herschel was on the DL. It doesn't even matter. Um, Dodgers, seven innings, 10 Ks, all lines. You made the Mets look silly. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to be the MVP, Rob. Come weeks ago, I said it was Goldschmidt. I was wrong. It's Cody Bellinger, 32 home runs, 75 RBIs. He's second in the NL with home runs, only to Stanton. He's averaging a home run every 10.8 bats. Since he's been called up, the record is ridiculous. Uh, he is right now my NL MVP. I strongly disagree with you. Uh, it's uh, under MVP. He's got a 264 average. So it doesn't always come down to the stats. It's impact to the team. It's the most valuable player to the team, and you cannot argue that he has been the most valuable player to their team right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Since he's been called up, uh, I, I wrote it down. I don't have it in front of me. The record is just ridiculous. Uh, they've gone on an absolute tear. And, and he's the main reason. I mean, he called, he was as advertised. The hype was there. And he's been everything. Unbelievable player. And that's why uh, come trading time, you know, they kept asking, oh, give us Corey Seager. Give us Cody Bellinger. Give us your Ryan who's hurt right now. And the Dodgers just kept saying, no, no, no. And now you see they're reaping the benefits, man. Well, you know what? I don't even think I'd be lucky if he finished. I One of them is Paul Goldschmidt, 323, 25 home runs, and 89 RBIs. The next one is Dolan Renato. The guy has. 
And as always, we're going to continue the baseball talk with you guys in just a minute. A couple technical difficulties. Vinny can't be heard right now. Goon's going to get to work on it. We're going to join you guys in just one second. Bear with us on Over the Top Sports Radio. on Over the Top Sports Radio. Hope that all of our technical difficulties have been fixed. We uh, thank you for bearing with us. Um, but we were talking about baseball. Mike was talking about Cody Bellinger. We talked about the Dodgers being the best team in baseball. He likes him as MVP. Vinny, you were disagreeing. Um, give me a reason why that you don't think Cody Bellinger could do it, because he's got a little bit of each year going on where he could win Rookie of the Year and he could win the MVP in the same season. Well, it's that big, fat 264 average, which is my big, big problem with Bellinger. As the MVP. I also wanted to give him some three names. Cause I don't even think Bellinger, he'd be lucky to be fourth place in the NL voting. And I get the Dodgers are on a tear, but there's more than just Bellinger that's carrying this team over there, especially with that rotation and uh, their ace Kershaw, who is currently out. I like Paul Goldschmidt, 323, 25, and 89 RBIs. Arnado has 98 runs batted in already with a 317 average and 25 home runs. And then there's Bryce Harper, who literally just went deep a couple of seconds ago. 326, 28 home runs, 81 RBIs, had a 19-game hit streak. I think these guys are all more valuable for their team than Bellinger is for the Dodgers. All right. Well, thanks to Goon and that technical difficulty, I have the record, Vinny. It's 70 and 20 since Cody Bellinger has debuted. It's undisputable. I know Arenado with the RBI is playing up in mile high, but this is the MVP of the National League. And I'm a big Nolan Arenado guy. I know that everybody's going to say that, well, because he's in Colorado, his numbers are inflated. That's fine. This guy's going to have 140 RBI this year. And as much as you want to talk about Colorado inflating numbers, well, he's also the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And you watch him play day in and day out, and I do because he's on both of my fantasy teams. I have the MLB package, and I love watching Colorado games because, let's face it, there's so much offense. It's fun to watch those games. Arenado is just the most dangerous hitter in the league still. He's done it for a couple of years. And when you see his glove and his arm at third base, there's nobody that does it on both sides of the ball like Nolan Arenado. Colorado... They're a team that's kind of rose up. We knew that L.A. would be pretty good. Maybe not this good, but they've been good for a while. This is a team that came out of nowhere. They're having a hell of a season. They're going to play a playoff game. They might not make it through one playoff game to two and get to that division series and wild card series, but they're going to get that wild card game probably against Arizona, and Nolan Arenado is the biggest reason. Without him, they'd be lost. They have no pitching. Their bullpen right now is going through injuries. They have a very good lineup, and look what he's doing for a guy like Mark Reynolds. That guy's having a career year again after being basically a nobody for the last couple of seasons. Nolan Arenado, he's the best player in the National League right now, and he's the MVP for me. But, Vinny, we're going to talk American League Baseball now because your Yankees, they keep being a little bit inconsistent. Um, They've benched Sanchez. What are your thoughts on benching Sanchez and this team being inconsistent? They've fallen back behind now uh, Boston in the American League East. Now we're in Getting towards the middle of uh, August now, about six, seven weeks left in the season, are you a little bit more concerned right now? And what's going on with uh, Gary Sanchez behind the plate? Yeah, there's a couple of concerns here for the Yanks. Mainly, they just got to get healthy. But um, their rotation came into effect this week. Uh, I like, like I said last week, I like the new rotation we got going on here. The Gary Sanchez benching, I'm not for, especially two games, and especially against the defending AL champs. They need that guy batting there. And it's hurting Judge when he's not in the lineup. Chase Headley cannot be protecting Aaron Judge. And 
Gary Sanchez is the perfect protection for Judge. Um, I was surprised about it twice. He was thrown off guard by it himself. But with all these injuries, Gary Sanchez needs to be in that lineup every day. The guy's young enough. I get it. You can't catch every day. But he's got to be in a DH if he's not catching. But the Yankees are three games back in uh, the AL East. And they got a huge series of the Red Sox coming up this weekend. So hopefully they can get a couple wins out of that. Definitely win the series. They might miss Chris Sale, which is pretty fortunate. And I just want to give some props out to Luis Severino. Guy's 4-0 with a 0.87 ERA in the last five games. Hands down the ace of the staff. And he's earned getting the ball in that wild card game, if that's where the Yankees end up in uh, October. And you brought up Judge saying he has no protection in that lineup. I think he's been still struggling. But, Mike, we were talking off air before the show. He's raised his average into the 250s, so you say that maybe the struggle's over. He's not always going to hit 330. Uh, What are your thoughts right now on Judge raising his game since the All-Star break? Yeah, I don't think he's slumping, Rob. He hit 250 last week. He had two home runs, four RBIs. The Yankees have a hole in leaving too many men on base. It's well-known right now. I don't have an issue with it. This kid is not going to hit 330 uh, every season. He's not going to hit 330 uh, in a season ever. You could take that to the bank right now. Strike out too much. Exactly. His average is going to come down. Maybe 270 hitter, and you take that. With all the home runs, you sign up for that right now. If I were a Yankee fan, I would just be worried that he doesn't turn into a Dave Kingman type player, a guy that can hit 40, 45 home runs, but he's going to strike out 220 times a year and hit in the 240s and 250s. So, hey, if you get to that 330, 340 batting average by the time you get to July, you're basically guaranteeing that you're going to have a good batting average by the time the season's over. But, Vinny, you still want him on his best when we get into September and get to the beginning of October because they really need him. Because there's another team in the National League, the Dodgers. The Yankees might not get a chance at them. We just talked about them. They're playing so great. Do they remind you at all of that 1998 Yankee team that postseason included won 125 games? No, they don't remind me of the greatest team in Major League Baseball history, Rob. They do not. Um, You can literally argue with anyone for days about what the best part about the 98 Yankees team is. Was it their lineup, their rotation, or their bullpen? Like, I personally think it's the lineup. Uh, The 98 Yankees had five players score over 90 runs. And Scott Brocious almost made that six with 86 runs scored that day, uh, that year. They they were easily the best team, and they got the job done in the World Series. And Dodgers can't even do that until they win the championship. So until we get to that point, we can't even talk about it. Also, 79-32, they got to match 114-48. and That's going to be pretty tough to do. But the way they're going right now, who knows? And they only Uh, lost three games in the month of July. All three games to the Braves, by the way. Uh, Swept your Mets this weekend, Mike. uh, You saw Ahmed Rosario this past week um, making his major league debut. uh, Hit a couple of triples. I thought he was a little bit fun to watch, too. I know he made an error in the first game of his career. What were your thoughts on uh, and your impressions of Ahmed Rosario? Uh, It's great. He's finally up. Mets fans have been waiting for this. And as a Mets fan, a smart Mets fan, you can't think he's the savior. He's not going to be the savior right away. He went 4-for-22 last week. Not terrific. A pair of triples, like you mentioned. Zero walks. I'm not concerned about that. He's a young player. He's anxious. It was his first week of baseball. Good speed. Doesn't look overmatched at the plate. Like you said, the error in the field, that's expected. It's about damn time, and Dominic Smith should be up here later this week, Rob. And it'll be another fun thing to watch. That's the good thing about baseball, especially when you get September call-ups, and Smith might be up before September call-ups. But if your team's out of it, with the expanded rosters, you get to see a lot of your system come up, get some at-bats, get some innings under them. It can really help down the line, and it gives you a reason to go to the ballpark. It gives you a reason to tune into your team in September, because once the NFL starts, if your team's out of it, there's really no other reason to watch another to see some young guys play. You don't need to see Curtis Granderson and Yoan Assessidis. You know what they are. When you could see a Smith, when you could see a Rosario, that makes it a lot of fun to watch. Um, and I, as a Braves fan, I have the same thing, too. So I got a couple of guys that just came up this week and will be continuing to come up. That's why you watch. Vinny, you're the lucky one. Your Yankees look like they're going to be playing deep into September, if not into early and mid-October, possibly. Um, we got everybody up now. Oh, Not Chance Adams. Where's Chance Adams? Why isn't this kid up here? He looked great. He pitched again terrific on Sunday. They got the rotation going. But, Vinny, it was you last year who were in the position that Mike and I are going to be in this year who you got to see your guys come up last year. They were so impressive, and that really helped you guys carry into this year because without those young guys, maybe without that experience last year, the Yankees aren't in the position they are this season. And that could be fighting for a division title and maybe fighting to go to the World Series. And uh, before before we move on, a couple teams we were talking before – I'd love to see a Red Sox-Cubs World Series. It would just be a lot of fun for me. I'm sorry. It would. I, I don't want to see those two in the World Series. Those are the two of the teams that I think have really put themselves ahead of where I thought they would be. The Cubs back in first place after such a bad start. The Red Sox back in first place. The Yankees caught them last week. Boom. Red Sox get hot again. Now they're back ahead. 
They're going to the World Series in the American League, if you ask me. And I said I want to see Red Sox come to the World Series. While that would be great, Red Sox-Dodgers, just imagine this. Kershaw versus Sale in October. Any baseball fan, whether you like the teams or not, is tuning in to see those two dominant pitchers. And that's just something that you don't really get to see anymore. And I hope that they're both healthy, but a Kershaw Sale World Series Game 1 matchup would be must-see TV in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I I think the Red Sox have a, a chance. I mean, especially with Sale, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't think the Cubs get there. I really don't. I think they're still playing inconsistent baseball. I haven't seen enough out of them. Uh, I think it's the Dodgers. As long as it's not Washington, I'll be happy as a Mets fan. But I think it's the Dodgers. It's just too much. They even improved the bullpen. They, are, they have no weak spots. They really don't. I like them from there. And um, I'm hoping it's the Astros. I mean, this is a team that has been horrible uh, for so many years. Now they actually have some young kids in there. They even have more kids down in the farm. Uh, for me, it's the Astros, and that would be awesome for baseball. And I want to see Yankees-Dodgers. Forget those 1998 Yankees versus Dodger team. I want to see the 2017 Yankees versus 2017 Dodgers. And I want to see that team take down this Dodger team. Well, Another championship I'd like to see in September is my fantasy baseball team getting a championship. Uh, one guy that I watched all week was uh, maybe New Braves closer, Roddy Vizcaino, who's three for three in saves. Uh, Mike, we spoke a little bit this week about it. He's the guy that I want to pick up. What are your thoughts on him, and is there anybody else that you have that uh, you're keeping your eye on as teams now start to really gear up for the fantasy baseball playoffs? No, Vizcaino needs to be on, Rob. You're spot on. We've mentioned him uh, before the MLB trading deadline as a guy you should be stashing. We thought Johnson would get traded. He didn't. He's still there, but he's obviously lost the closest position. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, he didn't pitch great the other day. Up until that point, he's been awesome. The White Sox possibly are going to call him up on Friday. He's been lights out. You remember him. He was traded over uh, from Washington. Uh, take a look at him. Reed Hoskins on Philly. Huge bat. He's got 27 home runs in the minors. He's playing left field tonight. He's a first baseman. He's playing left field because Tommy Joseph is blocking him at first base. He will be called up eventually. Huge bat. He should certainly be able to help you out. As far as dropping go, I am dropping any Mets pitcher not named Jacob deGrom. I don't think Syndergaard is going to help you this year. It means nothing to me, unless it's a keeper league. Wheeler, gone. Matt's gone. Anybody else, gone. And I'm dropping Gregory, Gregory Polanco, Rob. He was 1 for 16 last week. It's crunch time in fantasy. It's, it's that time. You don't need a guy hoping he's going to finally break out. We're past that. I'm dropping Polanco also. And I had a couple of questions for you this week. Uh, with my own fantasy team, I'm 14-3, and, and I went to Mike. So all of you out there listening, hey, give us a follow. Follow us on uh, Twitter. Check out our website because we post all of Mike's picks up there. And he's the guy that I went to. Luckily, I'm not my big league is not with Mike, so I'm able to ask him for, for, uh, for some advice. He helped me out. I had a bunch of injury problems and who I should pick up. He's the guy I went to, and he's the guy you guys should go to as well. And then once football season comes, all three of us are going to have plenty of football opinions for you. Maybe some are differing, but we'll see that in the next week or so, especially next week, uh, August 14th, when we have our fantasy football special uh, full hour next week of fantasy football preview from the three of us. We're going to have rankings, we're going to have discussions, we're going to have debates, we're going to talk about different positions and different strategies. So uh, give us a listen next week. And any questions that you have, football-related, fantasy football-related, if you ask them this week, we're going to do our best to address them on the air next week. We'll answer some stuff on Twitter, but if you have anything that we like, we're going to answer it on the air. So give us a listen, and uh, we could talk about it with you next week or let you know. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here. On Over the Top Sports, uh, and don't forget, give us a call at 646-716-5403, and we're going to talk fantasy football, we're going to talk NFL football, and we're going to break down the NFC South in just a couple of minutes on Over the Top Sports Radio.
on Chili Dog Outside Taste Freeze Diane sitting on Jackie's lap Got his hands between his knees Jackie say, hey Diane Let's run off behind the shade of trees Dribble off those Bobby Brooks Let me do what I please Say, oh yeah Life goes on Long after the thrill Of living is gone You're listening to Over the Top Sports Show, hosted by Robbie D, Big Mike, and Vinny the Shark. Good evening and welcome back on August the 7th to Over the Top Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Robbie JR. Got Vinny the Shark and Big Mike with you, but real quick, we're going to take a look at the Major League scoreboard. Um, in Pittsburgh, it's the Pirates in an in-league matchup with the Tigers. They're up one nothing. Uh, top five Nats and uh, Marlins. It's a 2 nothing Washington lead. Uh, like Vinny told you before, Bryce Harper with the home run. Uh, Cincinnati 3, uh, San Diego 2 there at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. And uh, at the end of the first inning, it's the Twins and uh, Brewers. They are scoreless in Minnesota. Uh, the Cardinals and Royals also scoreless. They're in the top of the first. And later on, the Cubs are in San Francisco. And the Orioles are in Anaheim to face the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, United States the world whatever they're going by right now um we're going to move on to football some big news today uh chris carter coming out um there's some allegations saying that hey this ezekiel elliott suspension is going to happen pretty soon um could be upwards of four games a couple of things that he said is maybe uh he destroyed some evidence that could have led to um ezekiel elliott being found guilty or being suspended uh something that we saw with tom brady a couple years mike um what are your thoughts on this? What do you think Ezekiel Elliott should get? What's he going to get? I think he's not going to end up getting two or three games. He's a first-time offender, but don't forget, last year before his rookie season, there was a lot of rumors out there that he's going to be suspended for something, too. So, you know, he's kind of turning into a trouble guy. And if I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm getting a little bit uh, little bit nervous about Ezekiel Elliott and his future with the team. Yeah, I agree with you, Rob. Uh, I'd be a little concerned. Goodell has dropped the hammer in the past. Uh, he did it to poor Tom. Um, if he's destroyed any evidence, Elliot, it has to be four games. It has to be. He has to hold everyone to the same standard. I have a feeling it's going to be one or two. I'm on the lower end. Um, Alfred Morris looked awesome the other day in the preseason game. I watched it. I mean, football's back. I'll watch pretty much any game. Uh, again, it was preseason, but he looked awesome. Still had McFadden there. I think they'd be able to handle – I think the Giants will absolutely destroy them if there's no Elliot. I would absolutely take the Giants. Um, as far as the rest of the schedule goes, I don't have that in front of me, but uh, I think they might be able to float 500 till Zeke comes back. And Vinny, one thing that I thought this week, and apparently you and Mike thought the same as well, is you know before the suspension is handed out, depending on how far it is, that's going to affect the odds in Vegas. So you want to be a little bit progressive maybe and throw some money on a competing team against Dallas, whether it be a Giants week one bet, because that line's out. It's going to get lower as, the, as we get closer once Elliott is suspended and even for division odds or Super Bowl odds in the NFC East? I say jump on all of it now. If you're going with the Giants, jump on it in every capacity. Jump on the division, jump on the Super Bowl, and jump on week one because all those lines are going to decrease in the favor of the Giants because if there's a suspension, it's definitely going to affect those lines. And, Mike, a question for you that I have, um, fantasy football-wise, I know it's a little bit early. I know we'll get into it next week, but some people do have some drafts. I have a friend that's got that college friends, and they can only draft this coming week. I know it's early. I would never draft this early. But where are you drafting Ezekiel Elliott? He's out four games, let's say, which means he can only play 11 games this season because don't forget, week 17 is pretty much irrelevant in fantasy and a Cowboys bye also in there. So you're only going to get about 11 weeks out of Elliott if he's healthy, but he's still so good with that offensive line. So what kind of value do you have on Ezekiel Elliott uh, in a fantasy draft if you have to draft early in August? Yeah, I would still take him late first, Rob. You said early second. I'm more late first. I would take a guy like Ezekiel Elliott minus four games over a guy like Melvin Gordon, Jay Ajayi. I still want Zeke, man. And uh, he's just, you know what you're going to get from him once he's back. As long as that's the only issue, I don't trust Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. Uh, Give me Zeke any day. And uh, we had an injury scare earlier this week. Vinny uh, Sterling Shepard carted off the field. Reports on Twitter of him crying as he was carted off. We were texting each other. I was scared. I said, hey, if he's crying, that means he's got a knee or ankle injury. Exactly. He's going to be out six, eight, ten, maybe the year. Um, luckily, it wasn't that bad. He rolled his ankle, which led to me saying, oh, dude, this guy's crying over a rolled ankle. he got to be a little bit tougher in the NFL. Uh, maybe he was a little bit scared, but uh, Sterling Shepard, 
healthy, was on the practice field today, and I saw Brandon Marshall make one hell of a catch. Uh, you got to be excited about that Giants offense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank God everything's okay with Shepard. But our worrisome really goes to show you how important Sterling Shepard is to the team and what a great signing Brandon Marshall was because if we didn't have Brandon Marshall and Sterling Shepard went down, Tyreek King or even Dwayne Harris would be our number two, and the Giants would have no weapons. And uh, like I said about Marshall last week on the show, I'm more excited what he brings to Odell's game and Shepard's game than what he brings to himself. So great time with Marshall, and it's great to see Shepard back. And he also said if they had a game today, he would be ready to go. Yeah, and we did that NFC East preview last week. Uh, we had no idea what the uh, Ezekiel Elliott suspension would be when we did it, but uh, credit to Chris Carter. He came up with the story today. Um, we'll see if he was fully right. We'll see if these details do emerge in the next 24, 48 hours, as he said they would, uh, see what his suspension is. Like he I needs said, a scapegoat, Rob. He needs a fall guy like Carter suggested. Well, well if he gets that scapegoat, um, it'll be very hard for uh, for that not to be found out. Um, but we'll see. Well, maybe by next week when we have our fantasy preview show, we can have some answers because uh, you know to have a fantasy preview and not know where Ezekiel Elliott is. It's gonna... I want to touch on Chris Carter real quick, though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Why is he more credible than Adam Schefter? Why doesn't Schefter know this information? He's not, a, he's not an insider. He's an analyst. He just breaks down things that we already know. Sometimes like it's right about now. who you know. Where does this guy have his information? I don't think he's a reliable source. And neither is Jerry Jones, who doesn't expect Or Goodell. Goodell, for that matter, shut this down today. He was asked a question. I believe it was at Chines camp. He was asked a question from a fan, and he said no decision has been made. So Chris Carter to come out of nowhere with this bombshell and Goodell saying, we haven't made a decision yet. It'll be interesting to see who was right. Well, sometimes guys like Chris Carter, hey, all you got to do is know one or two of the right people. They don't know the same guys that Adam Schefter might know. Schefter, listen, he breaks everything. There's nobody in between uh, that I'd rather listen to. Uh, Rappaport's good as well. Um, but sometimes these former players, they just know the right guys. And if they know the right guys... Maybe they have a little bit of insight. So we'll see how that plays out in the next, like I said, 24, 48, maybe even 72 hours, um, hopefully before the Cowboys' second preseason game this weekend, and definitely hopefully before Monday night. I don't want to do a preview show where I don't know if Ezekiel Elliott should be a top three pick or a second rounder, maybe a third rounder. Um, but that's next week. Uh, we promised you last week that we're going to break down the NFC South. Um, but before we get there, just quick recap. Um, we did two previews already, the AFC West and the NFC East. I had the Cowboys – uh, and Giants, Cowboys winning division, Giants getting the wild card. And I had the Raiders winning the uh, AFC West. I had the Chiefs competing for wild card. I had them at 10 games. It's going to be tough in that AFC to get there. That's why I've had, uh, Vinny, just quick recap. First you and then, Mike, uh, who you guys had winning. And uh, then we'll get into the NFC South. I like the Raiders and I like the Giants. And I also get Dallas a wild card spot. Yeah, I have the Raiders also. I have the Giants also. I like Kansas City as a wild card also, though. That that could be uh, – I could see that happen. And you also had Oakland, Vinny, has the, the – the division champion, so did you, Mike. So all three of us were on Oakland in the AFC West. Um, so NFC South now, Vinny, uh, give me some odds for these uh, NFC South teams. Uh, let's get us started. First of all, give me their Super Bowl odds, uh, each team, and then their division odds. All right, Rob, you got it. The Falcons are the favorite for the Super Bowl amongst these four. Falcons plus 1,400. Carolina plus 2,500. The Bucks plus 3,300. And the New Orleans Saints plus 5,000. Division odds, the Falcons plus 170. Panthers plus 225. The Bucks plus 350, and the Saints plus 400. Mike, anything there uh, that you find particularly uh, interesting that if you could throw a couple hundred bucks on right now, you would throw on? Maybe maybe a long shot? The Falcons for the division at plus 170. I mean, that seems like good money to me. And we'll start our preview with the Falcons. Uh, and as I said in our season preview when we got started a couple weeks ago, they are one of the biggest storylines for me. I think uh, I was, I was Vinny and I were on, Mike, you were in Pennsylvania. How are they going to rebound from such a terrible loss last year? Teams uh, historically have trouble bouncing back after a Super Bowl loss the next season, and no team's ever had to bounce back from such a heartbreaking loss. Um, so where will they finish this year? Uh, and then, to, of course, uh, today I think it was uh, Jalen Collins, 10-game suspension. He's a repeat offender for PEDs. They're going to lose him at cornerback. Uh, they do get Desmond Trufant back, though. They didn't have him in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. Uh, so maybe that's a little bit of a wash. Um, but it would have been nice to have them both there in the fourth quarter against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, and they won't have either of them, at least for the first 10 games um, together, because Collins will be gone. We'll see what Trufant can bring back in week one. Uh, new offensive coordinator, but they have the same skill players. Um, my player to watch, guys, for this team is Taylor Gabriel. I love what he did in the second half of last season. And if you really dig deep into some stats, he actually had a better second half, guys, than Julio Jones did. So he's a speedy receiver on the outside. He can get separation, big plays, uh, very good complement to Julio Jones. And if he starts to make big plays in the first couple of weeks, 
you're going to start to see some teams not be able to cover Julio the same way, which will give him an opening. And, of course, that double threat at running back. So I like this team. Uh, they drafted Takaris McKinley in the first round at defensive end. I think that that's going to be a big help. They could have used his speed. Um, when they were trying to stop Tom Brady and his surge in the second half last year. I have them winning the division, Mike, at 11-5. and five. Um, Falcons, where do you have them at? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm at 12-4, and four, so pretty much the same thing. 13th toughest schedule for them. Um, they added Dunterry Poe. Nice little fit on defense. You mentioned Desmond Trufant, so I won't even touch on that. The big loss here, Kyle Shanahan is gone as the offensive coordinator. Matt Ryan was ridiculous last season with him there. Uh, does that affect Ryan at all? It'll be interesting to see. 33.8 points per game last year, highest in the NFL. Um, I, out of the gate, they should be 6-2. The only tough games in those first eight are the Packers and the Patriots. 6-2, you're hearing it right here. I don't really uh, – I have a love-hate relationship with these Falcons. Usually I'm bashing this team in the playoffs. I think they always choke. I think they got a little fortunate with the second seed last year. They were 11-5. and five. They got the second seed in the NFC. The Giants finished with 11-5 as well, but due to the wild card, not winning the division, Atlanta gets the two. And they got to play Seattle and Green Bay at home. They didn't have to go to Seattle. They didn't have to go to Green Bay. And we know that the Georgia Dome is where they do their best work. Even though surprisingly last year, they were 5-3, and three, which I expect them to increase this year. Matt Ryan was the MVP last year. I don't doubt that at all. They were the best offensive football last year with 63 total touchdowns. I'm sure they'll be around that this year, too. Their offense is gold. It's just a matter of their defense and how well they're going to play against their conference, which I think is pretty good this year. I think they're going to be more competitive against the Falcons this year. But um, I love Takaris McKinley, Rob. Uh, I think he's going to be a breakout this year. I think him playing opposite of Vic Beasley is pretty dangerous, and that could get a pass rush going for the Falcons. I'm giving them 10 wins, 10 total wins. You have them winning the division or no? Yes. Okay, so all three of us are on them for the division. My second place is a team that I really love this year, and that's the Bucs. Um, Jameis Winston's going to get better. I've liked a lot of what I saw him last year. Inconsistent in year one. Um, some inconsistent moments in year two, but now he's got even more weapons. Deshaun Jackson's going to be dynamic in that offense with Mike Evans. Uh, they added O.J. Howard in the draft, a guy that I was hoping would fall to the Giants. I like Evan Ingram, but O.J. Howard would have been a little bit better. Um, this is just a team that I really think is going to be good. Um, they might have a tough start to the schedule because they're at Minnesota and then they're home for the Patriots. They could start 0-2, and that could be what dooms them in the division, if you ask me, because we know how hard it is to play at Minnesota, especially in prime time, and that's where they have to open the season. That's going to be a crazy, crazy atmosphere to play in. Uh, hard for a third-year quarterback, even trying to get into a new offense with O.J. Howard and uh, Deshaun Jackson and getting a groove. Um, so they might start 0-2, but other than that, I love them. I think that they'll Rebound well. They still have Joe McCoy. The defense, a little bit of a question mark. They don't have many huge, big-name players on that defense. Um, but they do get to play the Jets this year. So, that, you know, that's going to be when actually all these teams in the AFC, uh, the NFC South get to play the Jets. Um, the player to watch for me is Jameis Winston. Um, if he takes the next step, watch out. With those, with those guys that he has, I think he's going to be a great fantasy player. I'll give you a little spoiler here. He's one of my top guys to watch in fantasy this year. I'm going to have him ranked probably higher than both of you and maybe, other, maybe most people. Um, I have them actually winning the wild card at 10 and 6, which means I have them and the Giants at the two NFC wild cards. So uh, when we break down the other two divisions, we're not getting to play a team out of those. Uh, Bucks, 10 and 6 for me. Uh, very fun offense to watch. Going to start to remind me of those other offenses that they've had in the division lately with the Saints. Uh, they've been so explosive. And, of course, the Falcons last year, Vinny. Uh, I like how you started about their top. Uh, three of the last four games of this season is going to be home games for them. The last three weeks of their season will be division games. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to have a tremendous offense this season. They can certainly keep up scoring with the Falcons and the Saints. Jameis Winston, I agree with you. I think he's going to have a monster year. Uh, he threw for 4,000 yards in both of his seasons in the NFL. He did have 18 picks last year, so he's got to improve on that. But uh, I really think there's going to be a, plenty of cannons firing in Raymond James this year. A lot of first down Tampa <laughs> Bays down there. Deshaun Jackson playing alongside Mike Evans, who is a stud. And no one should be ashamed taking him late in the first round in the fantasy leagues. O.J. Howard, like you said, we wanted the Giants to get him back. If Doug Martin's healthy, they have a pretty solid running back core. I got 10 wins for the Bucks as well. If that's enough to get them the wild card, so be it. But I also have Atlanta with 10 wins. But I'm giving Atlanta the nod with the ties there. Yeah, all right. I have them at 9-7. 14th toughest schedule. Doug Martin out the first three games. Uh, he's got a suspension from last year. Is Jaquiz Rogers going to be the guy or Charles Sims going to be the guy to step up? Rogers played well last year, Mike. He did. You're right, Rob. Main issue here, Winston threw 18 interceptions. He fumbled 10 times, six which he lost. If he takes the next step like you're thinking he is, Rob, fine. 
Uh, you guys mentioned Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard. They averaged 22.1 points per game. You also mentioned the schedule. Uh, the second half, week 12, week 13, back-to-back in Atlanta and in Green Bay. That could also spell doom for the Bucks. Are you listening to Over the Top Sports Radio? Halfway through the uh, NFC South preview at 835 on, uh, on Monday night. And I've uh, got a caller. I know it's Nas. we got you on the line. So give us a minute. We're going to get through this preview. We'll get to you as soon as it is. Hold on tight on there, and uh, we'll talk to you in just a couple of minutes. Um, in third place, this is where we might all differ. Um, I got the Saints in third place, um, more because of how much I hate the Panthers, and I'll get into that when we talk about the Panthers. Um, but the Saints, they lost Brandon Cooks, but they still have some threats on the outside. They got Thomas and Snead there. Uh, sign Adrian Peterson. Let's see what they could do. But this is just such a bad, bad road team, uh, and their defense just is, is not good, and it hasn't really improved. I know they drafted Lattimore. Uh, from Ohio State in the first round. He's a cornerback, um, but he's going to have to adjust to the NFL playing against teams with quarterbacks like Winston and Matt Ryan and and big-name receivers like Mike Evans and Julio Jones. Not saying that they're going to put Lattimore on them as a rookie, obviously. He's going to get some of the uh, smaller assignments, but that still could mean that he's facing a Snead. He's facing a Taylor Gabriel, and that could be a hard welcome to the NFL, especially playing in those domes like in, uh, in Atlanta and New Orleans. Um, and he still has to face Cam Newton, who's still got something left in him. I like AP. Um, I'm very curious to see if he can bounce back again. He's bounced back every time he's had an injury. He's defied logic. He's defied age. He's defied everything. And they always made these miraculous recoveries. Does he have one more comeback left in him? Uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to see. Uh, otherwise, Drew Brees, just respect the hell out of the guy. Want to see him break in some more records and, and do as well as he could as his career starts to wind down. I have them winning seven games, uh, you know, six, seven games. Maybe they'll get to seven because they can knock off a good team with that offense, Mike. But uh, Saints I have in uh, third place, but uh, uh, seven seven wins. Yeah, I have the Saints six and ten, uh, 15th toughest schedule. I have them in the bottom of the division. I do have Carolina ahead of them, but since we're talking about the Saints, like you mentioned, all the ads, Ted Dinn is there. They haven't made the playoffs three straight years. Very interesting. Average 29.3 points per game, which was the second highest in the league, only two, Atlanta. The defense, second worst in the league, giving up 28.4 points a game. The schedule, four out of the last five weeks are division games. I think that will be an absolute killer for your Saints. Yeah, that defense is always a joke, these Saints. We know the story with the Saints every year. Dome, sweet dome. And can they ever play with sky over their head? And they usually can. They have a pretty good home schedule this year where they could, should knock off six wins, I think. You got New England, Detroit, Chicago, Tampa Bay, Washington, Carolina, the Jets, and Atlanta. So I think they could get at least six wins out of that. And then if they could just win three games at home, maybe they could get in. But when I look at this defense, I just throw up. I can't stand this defense. It's terrible. And are they actually going to try to have a balanced attack? Are they going to get away from the air attack that they have over there? They signed uh, former MVP Adrian Peterson, still a former Heisman winner uh, Mark Ingram. Michael Thomas was huge for this team last year. Former Buckeye was amazing. He had 92 catches, 1137 yards, nine TDs. Certainly earned number one receiver spot. I expect him to have another good year this year. But, um, they had five of their seven draft picks defensive players. You can't imagine all of them are going to pan out and just turn this defense into a round. So that defense is not good enough to me. Uh, I'll give them the same six wins. Yeah, Vinny, uh, only a 4-4 four and four home record last year. So this home team that uh, the last couple of years, trust me, I lost a huge parlay two years ago because they couldn't beat Tampa Bay at home. They lost in overtime, and that was a very bad Tampa Bay team. So their home magic has kind of worn off a little bit. Um, they're just not the same team as they used to be with Graham and Colston, uh, even Reggie Bush and these different running backs. Um, so I'm not so sure if there's good a home team. But uh, moving on to the Panthers. Guys, did you both have uh, the Panthers below uh, the Saints? I know you, you, you said their record. Where do you have the Panthers at, Mike? What's your record for them? I have the Panthers finishing third in the division at 8-8, eight and eight, 16th toughest schedule, Rob. And, uh, Vinny, what's your record for the Panthers? 8-8 eight and eight or 9. I'm going to give them the 9, though. Uh, so I'm way, way below you guys. I have them at six wins. Uh, I hate this team. They're just such a mess on and off the field. Uh, Cam Newton, he's been so hit or miss. Bad season. Big season, bad season, big season, bad season. So maybe that means this year he is poised to have a big season. If that's how it's working, then maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they can win eight or nine games in in this division. I just don't know if he's going to regain his form. He's lost a step. He's not running as well. as I mean, And he can't. Look at all the hits he's taken in his size. It's hard to keep that speed as you get older and bigger and, and in the NFL and take all those hits. 
Um, they couldn't stop the pass. What a smart move they made last year by letting Norman walk, huh? I mean, look what they did. Their offense, the defense was terrible last year. Uh, Matt Khalil now signed, I think, $25 million deal. He's got to watch Cam's blind side. They have a rookie back, Christian McCaffrey, back there. I don't know if he's going to be able to protect Cam when he goes back to throw either. Uh, they fired their GM this year. Some of the players hated it. Uh, others loved it. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin, he got fat. You see a picture of him this year. He looks like he gained 20 pounds. You can't have that as a wide receiver. Um, listen, they might win their first two games. I talked about uh, before, I talked about getting off to a good start and how the Buccaneers might lose their first two. Well, the Panthers might win their first two and make me look really bad after two I games. I have first three, Rob. I'm right with you. Yeah. First three. Well, Absolutely. San Francisco and the Bills, at least, uh, that, that's 2-0. and oh. I, got, I know they got the Jets later in the season. That could be three wins right there. So, so maybe I'm off and maybe I'm a little hard on them. I just don't like what I've seen from their front office. I don't know if I like what they've done with their defense. Like I said, when they lost Will, uh, Norman, they lost an identity there, and they couldn't get it back last year. I have them at six wins, but, hey, you're right. Maybe they could start 3-0, and and I look really bad. But right now I have them finishing last in that division at 6-10. and I have them at 8-8, eight and eight, like I said, 16th uh, toughest schedule. Uh, brought in Julius Peppers and drafted Christian McCaffrey. Vinny and I were talking about this before we went on. We think Christian McCaffrey is going to be a nightmare for all defenses going to help cam it should eliminate some of the sacks he took 36 sacks last year tore his rotator cuff partially in week 14 i think he was hurt even before that and he just continued to try and be a leader play hurt uh to me i think he does bounce back and i have them like i said eight and eight eight and eight's a solid spot um i'm huge on christian mccaffrey more for a fantasy aspect i think this guy's going to be gold this year in fantasy uh a lot especially if you're in a ppr league uh super bowl hangover in 2016 for this team they went from nfc champions to last place in the south um, who knows what Cam Newton we're going to see. He went from MVP, 45 total touchdowns, to 24 total touchdowns in 2017. That's a huge, huge drop. I have them 3-0, and which gives them a lot of credibility to start their season, maybe get their confidence back. I don't really care for their offense too much. Uh, the receivers are pretty weak. Kelvin Benjamin is a question mark with his conditioning and all that. We've seen the pictures, like you said. They did draft the very speedy wide receiver, Curtis Samuel, from Ohio State. Uh, Devin Funches is a very below average wide receiver, and he's probably their fifth option now. Because uh, they got Greg Olson, who's obviously one of the best tight ends in football. I think they bounce back. How much farther back could they drop back from winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm with you right there, Vinny. Uh, just one quick point. Saints, Carolina, Atlanta all finished in the bottom ten in the NFL in points allowed. If any of these three are able to improve their defense even a little bit, uh, you know, they should be right there competing for that division. So I'll throw all three of us on Atlanta this week. Uh, they the NFC South. Uh, breakdown next week. No division to break down as uh, we're going to be doing our fantasy uh, preview. But when we come back on August 21st, we're going to give you two divisions. I uh, haven't figured them out yet, but we'll give you two division breakdowns that week. Uh, probably in AFC East, I would say that week uh, should be a little bit of a quicker breakdown because I have a feeling we all know who's going to win that division and uh, a couple of other teams. And they did get a new quarterback in the division. Uh, we're going to talk about him after our next break. But uh, Nas. I know you listened in. I know you gave us a call last week to talk some NFC football. Loved what you had to say. Um, we're all in on the Falcons. I know you're from Atlanta. I'm going to guess that you're in on the Falcons as well, huh? Uh, yeah, a little lukewarm, man. It is Atlanta, man. So things tend to happen, man. So I'm not, I'm not willing to <laughs> go ahead and jump out there this quick, man. I got to see some, uh, some quality production first. Because there's a lot of things that can go well, but there's a few things that could be disastrous for the season, uh, that O-line being, the, you know, the main one. So we'll see about that. Uh, we got a young corner who just got suspended for 10 games. Uh, the health of who knows, you know how that goes. That's the point. You got to keep, uh, you know, in prime condition. But, you know, nicks and bruises all the time. So, you know, there, there's a lot of questions, man. But Is there a lot of excitement about the uh, new stadium? Yeah, new stadium is going to be uh, – I think that's going to be a huge home field advantage. Uh, it's going to be really, really loud. Uh, looks really good, man. Got to, you know, take a little visit to it. So, it, you know, it looks nice and everything, and a few people are excited. But I think I got to wait till kickoff and, and really, really see it. But I think it's going to be like uh, when the Saints came back after Katrina. I think you're going to have that kind of environment those first couple of home games where they can yeah, kind of steal some based off of that. Uh, out of all these teams in the NFC South, which one gives your Dirty Birds the biggest scare? What's that now? <laughs> out of all these teams in the NFC South, who gives your Dirty Birds the biggest scare? Oh, Carolina. 
Carolina always. Uh, as long as they got that guy at number one, they're going to be a problem. Uh, look, the they made a choice. Look, Cam, Cam's one of the best players in the league, man. They made a choice last year where they said we're going to get McCaffrey and the young guy from Ohio State. Why? Because they wanted Cam to get some shorter throws in to where he's taking less damage and also just give him some easier throws. Uh, actually, look at Cam. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, but they do a lot of deep throws and, and deep intermediate stuff. Uh, they don't give him a lot of short passes, where if you go to somebody like Kirk Cousins, you'll see the majority of his high percentage of completions were really short completions, screens, and things like that. So they want to involve that in the Cam Newton game. And, and this, is, this is a huge thing that I think a lot of football fans need to start looking at. Uh, start looking at process not production when you're studying a quarterback. Process. Where does he go with it? Does he always know what to do? Or the majority of the time, does he know what to do? Uh, does he make good decisions? Are the throws or interceptions receiver error or bad coordination? And when is it the quarterback's fault, uh, you know, solely? Uh, if you start looking at process as opposed to production, then you'll be able to see the frauds as well. So you'll see Osweiler, that second half in Denver, those games he had, uh, to where he was being held up by that team. And the greatest fraud of all time, uh, the man in Philly under Chip Kelly, where he put up that 27-2 and two, uh, <laughs> production rate. But then when we actually watched him, we find out he just wasn't good. So production, huge thing to look at with quarterbacks because a lot of guys are riding on the talent around them. Uh, and if you move them to another spot, you'll find out some really bad things. So we, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And Nas, I was talking before about how much I love Jameis Winston this year. You're talking about process. What do you think about him? He's got the weapons there this year. He's got two years under his belt now. A very good system down there in Tampa Bay. What do you think of him coming in uh, into his third year where it's time quarterbacks usually break out once they hit the 35, 36, 37 star mark? Yeah, Jameis is a scary guy because he's either going to have really, really good numbers this year are really, really bad numbers because he's way too much of a gambler. Uh, he makes some decisions that he just shouldn't make, especially with the, the background that he has going to all the QB camps since he was a child. Like, he knows how to play the position. But, man, he gets that Brett Favre in him sometimes where he just wants to do things that aren't to be done. Or he spent so much time throwing at Mike, uh, Mike last year because they didn't have, you know, better options that, you know, it became easy to defend them. But like you said, they got weapons now. Jackson spreads the field. Uh, Evans is still there. You get the young tight end. He should have a good year. But I, I worry about, you know, just some of those decisions that he makes, man, because he is highly prone to throwing interceptions when, you know, the, the, there was no play there to make, and he'll try to yeah, do it. And uh, we appreciate the phone call. You have called in now three times, and we truly appreciate it. So we want you to email us at, over the top sports radio at gmail.com. We're going to send you a free shirt, an over the top sports radio shirt. And like I said, we do appreciate you listening every week and giving us a call yet again. God have a plan. In the first place, God sent me here with a birthday. From that point on to each year that I stay on this green earth God created. And it's like with time, it only gets worse. More lights, more buildings, more business, more sinning. In this life, it's like a dollar can tell who's winning. And I can't wait to spend it. Diamond rings and finer things will tell me, do you think God will bribe his next king with other man-made things? Nothing on this earth can be taken with me. And that's how I treat it. I pray that you carry me. Give me wisdom of you at least. Strengthen me to lift my brother when his spirit see the struggles. Dear God, guide us to help each other. Love forever. To see love in this war, we need soldiers. I battle and pray, I stay holy. Devil, let go of me. Uh, keep shaking your shoulders. You're listening.
listening to Over the Top Sports Radio Show. Of course, goons stepping all over me at uh, 849 on a Monday night. Uh, Robbie Jr. with you here on uh, Monday night, August 7th. Uh, we just broke down to AFC South, uh, NFC South, excuse me. And once again, Nas, thanks for the call. And like Mike was telling you before, send us an email over the top sports radio at gmail.com um, or send us a DM on Twitter at over the top sport. Uh, send us your address. We'll send you a free T-shirt. Thanks for listening. And uh, to any callers, we got plenty more where that came from. So uh, give us a call. Be involved with the show as much as Nas was. We'll send you some uh, free stuff as well. Um, but another uh, – Another development we talked about a little bit before in the NFL was Ryan Tannehill's injury. Um, he's pretty much done right now in Miami, leaving the Dolphins to sign Jay Cutler and Mike. Um, it was pretty interesting because, of course, there was a Colin Kaepernick um, talk out there, whether they would sign him or talk to him. Uh, Adam Gase knew Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler knew Adam Gase, so it seems like a perfect fit. They also talked about on their list Tim Tebow. So it was a pretty weird week or a weird 48 hours maybe in Miami. Um but Jay Cutler, I think he's the best fit of all the three, um, and maybe even more guys that they talked about. He's got the arm. He fits in the system. Um, and he'll keep their playmakers around, especially Parker and Landry. If Landry's able to stay healthy and play 16 games this year, he's got the arm to keep to keep them productive and uh, win some games in the AFC East that's not very strong outside of uh, New England, Mike. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think Cutler was a perfect fit, like you said. I'm not going to you know, retouch it. I completely agree with you. Anybody out there thinking that Kaepernick should have been the guy or they even looked and considered Tim Tebow, realistically, you're a moron. And, Mike, I know last week uh, you talked a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. We have been running a little bit light on time, as we are right now. Um, But for your quick rant, I know you had a couple more words you wanted to say about some fans that were defending Kaepernick, I believe, and uh, the foragers, Mike. Yeah, I've had enough of this Colin Kaepernick crap, Rob. This week's rant is mostly on the fans complaining that Colin Kaepernick is being unfairly treated by NFL team owners. Let's start off with a list of NFL players who have also kneeled during the National Anthem. Broncos linebacker Brandon Marshall, Chiefs cornerback Marcus Peters, former All-Pro running back Arian Foster when he played in Miami, as well as Miami linebacker Jelani Jenkins, wide receiver Kenny Stills, and safety Michael Thomas. Then there's also a list of players who raised a fist during the National Anthem. All-Pro defensive end Robert Quinn and Patriots Devin McCourty and Martellus Bennett. And there's many more, but like you said, we're short on time. Every one of those players is currently on an NFL team except for Arian Foster, who decided to retire. So why isn't Colin Kaepernick? Perhaps because just kneeling for the flag or raising a fist during the National Anthem wasn't enough for him. He had to take it steps further wearing an offensive sock to camp and offensive shirt to post-game press conferences, as I discussed in last week's rant. But let's continue. Let's look at Isaiah Crowell, who before last season posted a disturbing picture of a police officer being stabbed in the neck by a person in a black jacket and a hood with his face covered. Crowell immediately took the picture down, apologized, faced no discipline from the league, and heads into this season employed as the Browns started running back. All of these players are still employed after their actions because teams still feel they can contribute and help the team win. In Crowell's case, the Browns feel the production outweighs the poor laps in judgment. Bill Belichick is as strict as they come as a head coach, and the team owner is a known conservative, but they both know without McCourty and Bennett, the Patriots aren't as good as they are with them. So why isn't Kaepernick not in training camp? The answer is very simple, because the production a team could get from Cap doesn't outweigh all the negative attention that he has attached to himself. If an owner honestly felt Colin Kaepernick was the difference between their team being a playoff team and a non-playoff team, he would be signed. If an owner honestly felt Kaepernick was the difference between their team being a Super Bowl champion or just another playoff team, he would be signed. Dante Stallworth was charged with a DUI manslaughter in 2009 for hitting someone while driving drunk and high, convicted, suspended, and still got signed by the Ravens, Redskins, and Patriots because those teams felt he could be a difference maker. Mike Vick pleaded guilty for involvement in a dogfighting ring, spent 21 months in federal prison, and immediately was signed by the Eagles. Fans protested the decision all season long, but the Eagles did it because they felt Mike Vick's production would outweigh the negative backlash they faced. And in 2010, Vick enjoyed his best statistical career, a season of his career. Just so we're clear, Colin Kaepernick has stated he would stand this season if he was signed for the National Anthem. Is the movement over? Has the message gotten across? 
Or has he realized that his below-average play has made the juice no longer worth the squeeze for NFL team owners? Either way, delusional Kaepernick bandwagon riders need to stop the outcry for a team to sign Kaepernick every time an employed quarterback gets hurt. Actually, the CFL Argonauts just lost their quarterback to a separated shoulder. Why don't you fans go lobby in Canada? And it's just simple. The circus for a backup quarterback isn't worth it. They're always going to sign this guy for what he brings to the table now. And this distraction is not worth any team to take the time over that and risk the fans and the outrage. The circus is not worth it. Yeah, and I don't have a problem if he doesn't get a job. Um, If he gets a job, good for him. I'm not saying that he should not be allowed to get a job. But I don't feel bad that he doesn't. He kind of made this own bed. And, and when you take those stands, when you wear the Castro shirt, when you wear the pig socks, when, when you cause that attention to yourself, you're putting other owners and their organizations, you're putting them in the bind if they sign you to make it look like that they're anti-cop or anti-USA. Um, so I don't feel bad. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be allowed. But I just, like, like Mike said, and like you said, I don't see the production being there. We, we posted it on our Instagram this week. He was last in the NFL, dead last in percentage of uncatchable balls. Um, that's not about your team. That's about you and your arm. That's about you being accurate. Um, there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have a better percentage of that that weren't as good or were not as good at teams. Um, but he's, he was a gimmick quarterback, and, and, and it worked well for him. It did. He, he was a great athlete. It worked well. But then the league caught on, just like the league caught on to the Wildcat. Once the league catches on to a gimmick like that, it goes away, and that's what a team like he was. And I don't see him being a winning quarterback in this league, and that's probably why he's not going to get a job this year. Um, so while you guys both make the same points, it's not that I don't think he should be allowed in the league because he shouldn't be banned. He shouldn't be suspended. Um, that would make the league look very bad. I just don't feel bad that he is because he kind of made his own bed and he's laid in it. Yeah, I just want to clarify also, Rob. I wouldn't be upset if he gets a job. and I don't think he should be suspended. I'm just telling you that no team wants to take him on as a backup quarterback with all this negative attention. And no team wants to take him as a starting quarterback because the Dolphins took Jay Cutler over Colin Kaepernick. And exactly. I personally think Kaepernick's better than Cutler. Well, the other thing, too, is don't forget that he has a different style. I just talked about how he was kind of a gimmick quarterback. Um, there's about 20 to 25 teams in this league that if they sign him as their backup, if he ever was forced into starting duty, they'd have to change their whole offense for him. And they just can't do that. The New York Giants, for, uh, per se. Uh, you want to sit here and tell me that maybe he has more talent than a Geno Smith? Sure. He probably does have more talent in certain areas, but Geno Smith can run an Eli Manning type of offense. Josh Johnson can run that type of offense. Whereas Colin Kaepernick just can't, and they don't have the team that's made for that. Um, and there's many other teams like that as well. Maybe there are one or two fits that he could work in with some uh, running quarterbacks, but it's just not going to fit, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see. There's still another month until the NFL season, and there could be another injury, or there could be an owner that wants to take a chance. And if that, that's so, then we'll talk about it then. Um, but, but that's it. And that's, that, that's the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. I think it's just getting a lot of publicity. But this is what he wanted to. He wanted this kind of publicity, publicity when he did this last year. It's been almost a full year now. Don't forget, they had that first game on Monday Night Football, and they had the late game. And in that late game against the Rams, it was the attention wasn't on the fact that the Rams were playing in L.A. or from L.A. for the first time in forever. It was on what's Colin Kaepernick going to do. And now a year later, hey, so so if his point was to get the attention, he certainly got the attention. Yeah, but why why stand now, Rob? What's the point of standing now? Is is his message over? What is it? Uh, that's what I don't get. No, maybe it's just a consistency thing, and we don't really have time right now with less than two minutes to get into it. Um, it's a money thing, Rob. It is a money thing. And uh, listen, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a good discussion, and you could go for hours in this. You really could go for hours in this. So um, uh, maybe we will. Maybe it'll be discussion. And like I said, if anybody disagrees with Mike or agrees with him and you want to give us a call, give us a tweet, um, maybe next week's not the best week with the fantasy show, but give us a call next week uh, or in two weeks. I'm sorry. And, and we would love to talk to you about it. Like I said, I don't think any of us are saying that he shouldn't be in the league. We just understand why he's not. Uh, but with less than a minute to go, uh, Vinny, very quick. Um, your three favorite stadiums. Don't tell me why. Uh, we said we get into it this year, uh, this week. And uh, one final thought. All right. Number three, Fenway. Number two, U.S. Bank Stadium. And number one, the old. Yankee and do you have another final thought uh, before we head off? Yeah, I'd like to wish a happy birthday to Mike Trout, and I wish him luck to get his 1,000th hit on his... Sidney Crosby's birthday today as well. So the two best players in baseball and hockey, both born on August 7th, like I tweeted today, you want to have a kid that's a superstar, have a baby on August 7th. Um, Nassau Coliseum is my number one. You guys might hate it. Dodger Stadium and the old Yankee Stadium, two and three. Mike, uh, take us out 10 seconds. 
Yeah, I've got uh, Fenway is my number one. I have AT&T is my number two. U.S. Bank is my number three. Thanks for listening. Fantasy Preview next week, August 14th on Over the Top Sports Radio. Check out our website at www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show. Good luck.